This is Artist Stories, featuring the stories of artists and arts organizations in our region. Artist Stories is a project of the Arts Foundation for Tucson and Southern Arizona, which is partially funded by the City of Tucson and Pima County. I'm your host, Janae Sanchez. Today, I'm with Pascualina Azarello, painter, public artist, educator, and community advocate. Welcome, Pascualina. Thank you so much, Janae. It's wonderful to be here. So you are in town for a very special reason. And before we get into that story, can you tell us about yourself, where you are currently based, and what called you back to the desert? Absolutely. So as you mentioned, I'm a painter, public muralist, an arts educator, and I also work very deeply uh, in a variety of ways within community, um, whether it's through murals or gardens or bike rides or serving as the city arts coordinator in Western Massachusetts, where I'm based. I'm based in East Hampton. It's a little city with a big heart, as I like to say. Um, and I am here back in Tucson for, as you mentioned, a very special project, um, the restoration of the Stone Avenue Mural Project. We, we know that this project involved many community members 20 years back. Can you talk a little bit about that collaboration as well as how the collaboration has changed 20 years later for the restoration? Absolutely. It's actually a really remarkable story. Um, and as a public muralist, I am very aware of the fact that what's happening right now, what happened 20 years ago with the initiation of this project, as well as what's happening now with the restoration of it, it is very special. It is very unusual. And it is a true testament to several communities here in the city of Tucson. And 20 years ago, more than 20 years ago now, two artists and I, uh, they were friends of mine and colleagues, uh, Kim Young, who is a metal sculptor and is also the founder of Bikus, a community bike organization based here in Tucson, and Christina Devine, who is an amazing tile maker um, and former resident of Tucson. The three of us applied for a uh, grant proposal from the, at that time, Tucson Pima Arts Council. We applied, we were unanimously approved for our design. Um, originally the design, uh, many people don't know this, but originally our design involved just several imaginative creatures in a desert landscape. It was very Dr. Seuss-like in certain ways and it spanned the entire length of the wall. And this was the original design that we were approved for. And when the immediate neighbors uh, got wind of this design, there was a lot of pushback. And even though we had the green light from the Tucson Pima Arts Council and then from the Department of Transportation, who had kicked in additional funding uh, for the project um, itself, we felt very strongly, um, my two other artists that I was working with and I, we all felt very strongly that it was important to create some space for the community members who were expressing hesitation about this design 
could come forward and share, you know, what their reservations were about. And we learned through that process um, that there was a history um, with the city and, you know, several years prior when the Stone Avenue um, was developed and the curve was built and the, the street was widened, um, there were elements to our mural project um, that resonated with them in ways that were really challenging in ways that were difficult. And I think there was a lack of trust at that point. And so we felt very strongly that we wanted the, we wanted to collaborate. We wanted to work with the immediate neighbors. It felt very important to us that they felt a sense of enjoyment and excitement and ownership and connection with what we were doing. This was a huge opportunity and really a platform to be utilized um, in ways that were beneficial and positive for everyone around. And so if we were not doing right by the immediate neighbors, then we needed to change course. And what we ended up doing was setting aside six entire months for monthly community meetings with the immediate neighborhood. Um, everyone was welcome to join us. We had also hired 10 students from Amphi High School who we had go through the same exact process we had gone through to apply for the project. We thought this was a really amazing opportunity for young artists um, who were living nearby and thought, you know, that would be a really great way to, um, you know, introduce a youth leadership development component to what we were doing. And so all of the youth artists attended all of the meetings, as well as, you know, between 30 and 40 members of the immediate community. We met in a community space and little by little, we began to shift the narrative and we really began to ask questions about people's histories here in this neighborhood, what people's memories were, what did they want to see on this wall? How did they want to utilize this opportunity of, you know, within a community education um, standpoint? And we started to hear everyone, you know, started to tell very animated stories about watermelon patches and the community swimming pool and cattle farms and what really became clear, um, what really surfaced through this process was this love and appreciation for the Rito River. And once upon a time, it was flowing, it was roaring, it was abundant. And as a result of several environmental, um, you know, environmentally irresponsible um, actions, um, the water in the river um, little by little was diverted and was no longer there in the same way that it had been. And so thinking about this wall, which is six feet tall and 630 feet long, it's um, just under 4,000 square feet, we thought the river was the perfect image, you know, an icon um, to create this river that stretched the entire length of the wall. Um, and that also served to create little vignettes um, in the negative spaces between the edges of the wall and the river itself to incorporate all of these, you know, really beautiful um, and heartfelt stories that the neighbors had shared. 
And in addition to that, each of the 10 high school students that we were working with at that time had a space on the wall that they designed themselves so that they could always really see and feel themselves and their impact on this project. Wow, that's just incredible. And I just love that, you know, the the story that reflects the importance of public art, right? The impact public art can make on community and being a part of the landscape essentially and the importance of listening. So you and your collaborators worked for six months to essentially listen. Would you say that to the community? Exactly. And that, that decision to create that space, to invest the time, the energy, um, the resources to listen, as you say, was everything and was very pivotal with all of the work I've done moving forward. And as a direct result of our doing that, um, the Limberlost Neighborhood Association was formed. I mean, it's very significant. Um, three of the original members of that neighborhood association are still on the association today. Stone Curves Cooperative Housing, um, which now exists across the street, didn't exist 20 years ago when we started that project. And so there have been many, many very significant uh, neighborhood initiatives that have stemmed from the Stone Avenue mural. And I think it is a real testament to the care, um, the care in this community, um, and all of the investment that so many community members had, you know, people of all ages really played a part in bringing this project to life. And now, fast forward 20 years, um, those three members of the Limberlost Neighborhood Association, those three original members who still serve um, within the community, wanted to see the wall restored. And they reached out to the Arts Foundation in Tucson. They reached out to the city. Um, this is going back to um, 2018. And the city, which I think is just so you know incredible as a testament to both um, the city of Tucson itself and also the Arts Foundation saw the community members reaching out um, and taking that initiative and said, well, let's utilize this as an opportunity to do an assessment of, you know, if we're going to invest in restoring um, and maintaining our collection of public art, um, what should be involved in doing that? And so a process was created. And one of the first things in the list, um, in addition to doing an assessment of the wall, is to make every effort to reach out to the original artist, which I think is so beautiful. Um, and so I was contacted in early 2019 about the possibility of being involved in some way um, as part of the restoration efforts of the Stone Avenue Mural Project, if it were in fact to be restored. And so I was visiting Tucson at the time. Um, I met with members of the Tucson DOT, the Limberlost Neighborhood Association, and the Arts Foundation, and put together a proposal and a budget 
And we were all very excited to get started fundraising to, you know, fully restore the wall. And then COVID came and all of our plans were initially um, indefinitely postponed. And time went on and it was in the spring of 2021. I got a phone call from Faye Goodspeed, who's the president of the Limberlost Neighborhood Association, calling me after basically two years to let me know that they had um, completed their fundraising efforts and the wall was ready to be restored. And it was a complete surprise. We had not been in touch. I had no idea the fundraising efforts were continuing through this pandemic. And it is really remarkable um, the amount of effort and energy that so many folks in this community have put toward this restoration project. It's very meaningful. It's very touching. It is incredibly unusual for this level of, of care and attention being put toward a 20-year-old mural. So it's, it's a real honor and a real gift um, to be able to take part. Thank you for sharing that. How did the Stone Avenue mural project impact your career decisions going forward as an artist? I have heard myself say many times over the course of my career that the Stone Avenue mural project taught me everything I ever needed to know for everything I went on to do since. And I was very new in my career. I was in my mid-20s. I This was the third mural I had ever created. Um, you know, I was very new at doing this. It was the first time I was working with high school students. I've gone on to work with more than 12,000 young people ages 14 to 24, um, primarily through art and arts education. You know, to echo what we were talking about earlier, that decision to create space to make room for all people who wanted to be involved to be able to express themselves honestly to be encouraged to share their concerns to share how they felt that was everything um and you know to be able to be supported by the arts foundation and um, the city to be able to do that, I think is also incredibly significant. Um, I work in my role as the city arts coordinator in East Hampton, Massachusetts. I work in the city planning department. So there are so many parallels. Um, you know, I work on a very different scale now doing arts programming and cultural programming for a city, even though it's a very small city. Um, there are many, many components that um, really carry through. The Stone Avenue Mural Project um, launched a 14-year stretch for me of living primarily as an artist and public muralist um, and arts educator. I then went on to create large-scale murals in New York City on the temporary walls that surround construction sites. Um, there are so many parallels from the work I was doing 20 years ago in Tucson to, you know, what it meant to work with 
real estate developers and people who were being evicted from their homes, you know, in order for new construction to be built for people who lived across the street from a major development project. And after that, I went on to be the executive director of a community bike shop nonprofit organization in New York City that really focused on youth leadership development and community engagement. I did a lot of work with Groundswell Mural in New York City. I was the director of public programs at Socrates Sculpture Park. Um, And then that all, you know, there's like this lineage um, that really stems from Tucson, back in the 90s. And it's, uh, you know, incredibly meaningful to be able to live as an artist and public artist in particular, and then to be able to, you know, bring those skills, um, both in listening and in the implementation into work that really directly serves community, uh, like the work that I'm doing right now in Western Massachusetts. How has Tucson um, influenced you as as an artist? Yeah, I appreciate this question. And it's actually something, you know, I've been putting in long days at the wall. Um, Today will mark my ninth straight day uh, being out there. Um, And I'm out there for, you know, seven to nine hours each and every day. I've got an amazing team of painters and artists uh, working hard to restore the wall. And I've been doing a lot of reflecting um, as I paint and as I work each day, um, being in this landscape, seeing, you know, the, the, not just seeing, but really feeling and being immersed in this landscape, you know, this very explicitly planetary landscape under this great big sky, um, working with friends, you know, like that's something I really appreciate is just the friendships that come from art and collaboration. So I feel very immersed in a lot of, you know, what you're, what you're asking about. And it's really true that this project, you know, originally was so foundational, right? So fundamental um, to um, so many aspects of what I've gone on to do. And I think as I get older, it's something that I have um, a tremendous amount of appreciation for. One thing I recall being in Tucson, I had moved from Boston to Tucson, and I was here for only three years. um, And this wall was two and a half years of those three years. So, um, you know, I I feel like I did about 10 years worth of work in a three year window (laughs) in Tucson. And the reason for that has a lot to do with the fact that You know, I I remember at the time describing Tucson as a place with so much creativity and so little pretense. It was very refreshing. Um, There are so many murals in Tucson, even at the time, um, you know, now the mural scene in Tucson is, you know, just beyond. It's incredible. All of the public art initiatives that have taken place in the last 20 years And at the time when I first moved here, I just remember being struck by how how many murals there were that were truly handmade, that were made by people who were not experienced artists, who, 
you know, were expressing themselves very purely, very honestly in public spaces. And it made a tremendous impression on me. Um, and I think that, you know, the friendships that were formed during that time um, have really proven to be incredibly formative for me as well. Um, you know, it's been something these last several months making all the phone calls, you know, I've been organizing this project from across the country and it is just so clear the, the strength of the yes, you know, within the community, within other artists, like every time it's like, where are we going to store our paint? What's our water source? Where do we use the restrooms? Like down to these logistics, there are just, you know, every time there was an opportunity for a community member to say yes, they did. And that individual and collective yes, um, again, is this tremendous testament to the care um, that this community has for its mural. And it honestly, you know, it's I've never restored a mural like this before, um, aside from little touch ups on projects, you know, over the years. This is a really new experience. It's like exciting to be such an established muralist and having this like profoundly new experience right now, um, you know, with so much to learn and, you know, touching up the brush strokes that my hand made 20 years ago, you know, just from a very personal standpoint, there's something incredibly sweet about that. And at what point do I want to make it better? And at what point, you know, it's like the space between like, um, wanting to improve it and also wanting to really to honor it, um, and to honor the, the work that truly belongs to this neighborhood. So it's been an incredible experience. Um, one that's still very much taking place. Um, we're having a community celebration this coming Saturday, um, December 18th. Um, but, um, you know, the, the wall still has some work to do. So it's just very exciting to be here and to be a part of it. Thank you. Pascalina, what is your artistic route? Well, it's such a wonderful question, and I, I am someone who really appreciates origin stories. Um, I've always drawn, you know, I've been told I was six months old, crawling, picked up a pencil, never put it down since, you know, like I, it's always been in me to express myself visually. Um, but I grew up in Los Angeles in the eighties and I saw, you know, the city of Los Angeles commissioned 200 murals to get made in preparation for the 84 Olympics. And I remember sitting in traffic every day for several months on my way home from school and, um, seeing a woman, uh, and, a a teenage girl painting a mural of a woman winning the LA marathon, uh, underneath an overpass. I think it was on the five freeway. And I was probably seven years old when I watched this happen. And it really got into my bloodstream every day. I was aware of their progress. I looked forward to seeing if I happened to catch them out there painting. It was just these two people one ladder and this gigantic, gigantic wall. And 
over the years, um, I always remembered that. I went on to um, study art and public art in college at the University of Massachusetts at Amherst. But before that, my first public mural that I ever made was when I was a high school student. It was like the first chance I had. I, I won a contest uh, at Wellesley College to paint a mural on the on a wall in a, in a student cafe. And this is sort of part two of the route. Um, I was painting my first public mural, and on the second day I was painting, the Rodney King verdict was announced. And um, it really, you know, being so immersed in a college campus uh, environment while I was a senior in high school was profoundly transformative for me because the work I was doing on the mural I was painting that I had designed just naturally began to change and evolve and the energy of what was going on, you know, locally in my town and on that campus, but also nationally was really eye-opening for me in terms of the impact and potential that public art can have. Um, And it really, at a very young age, you know, as a teenager, got me questioning what is the role, what is the responsibility, what is the opportunity of the public artist and public art. And years later, fast forward, I was living in Tucson. Um, I had studied the artist Judy Baca. She um, helped form Spark, which is an amazing public art organization in Los Angeles. I was very familiar with several of her murals. She was speaking at the University of Arizona. This is back when I was painting the Stone Avenue mural first time around and um, went and was speaking with her um, after her talk. Uh, She invited me and a handful of friends out to attend a dinner with her and her colleagues. And we started talking about the origin stories of public art in our lives. And I mentioned the story of being in traffic watching this mural be made and we're sitting across a table from each other out at a restaurant downtown here in Tucson. And she looked at me and she said, that was me. Oh my God. That was me painting that mural winning the LA marathon. And just earlier that afternoon, she and her friend and colleague Harmony Hammond, who was sitting at the table with us, who's one of my favorite painters and favorite contemporary artists had just been speaking that, that afternoon asking how does their work influence young girls and are they doing enough to reach children in particular? Um, And so it was really this profound moment and coming full circle of the impact that public art and public artists can have in ways we know and can measure and, and in all the ways we cannot. Right. Oh my gosh, that's so powerful. What a, an extraordinary experience that must have been for you as a very young artist to be in, in, in that type of conversation. Thank you for sharing that. I guess we're, this is a good time to ask you if you want to elaborate on some more of your influences as an artist. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, For me, this is one of the gifts I think of public art is that art and life are incredibly integrated for me. I really don't see art and the work that I do as being separate in any way um, from the world we're all here creating together. 
And so in terms of, you know, influences and what I'm influenced by, um, I'm very moved by people who lead with empathy, who lead with care, um, who allow for feeling to be truly centered. I think feeling is centered. I think we live in a world that often um, disregards or discounts the presence of feeling. One thing I learned through the community work we did here in Tucson, you know, at the start of the Stone Avenue mural, was the power that can come when we create a space where all we cannot see can be revealed. You know, the things we cannot see are as influential as those we can. And so I'm very moved by creative people of all kinds who are introducing their art in, in really creative and unexpected ways in community. Um, you know, I think that like there are so many incredible projects going on where um, people are bringing aspects of community together through art making that might not be coming together um, otherwise. You know, um, having police officers express themselves through poetry. One of the most beautiful things about public art is that it really allows for the complexity that's so inherently a part of the worlds we live in, it really honors that complexity. And I think that that's really important. So, you know, there are so many initiatives going on where I feel very moved and very carried and very, very touched um, by what I see taking place. Great. Thank you. Oh, man, I love that. Pascalina, what are you working on right now? And what are you planning to do next as an artist? Well, um, in terms of what I'm working on right now, as I mentioned, the, the wall is still underway. Uh, we'll be finishing up um, in the coming week. And it's just truly exciting to see it evolve and transform um, and to work with other people to make that happen. Um, my most recent project as an artist, um, ha it, it's a project that is called The Influence of Confluence, and this started uh, a year ago, actually, a year ago um, this month, where I began to bring my paintings into the woods, and I started to line them up with light and line them up with shadows. And eventually I began to introduce my paintings to uh, waterways, um, to rivers, to brooks, uh, and later to the ocean. And I've been creating, this was a very unexpected departure for me. I began to create floating sculptures that I set up in our interconnected waterways. And I very much think about it as, um, something about the intersection of seeing and being where introducing something creative, something handmade, something unexpected into our natural environment helps to reveal what's already there. And my work, uh, I, I 
feel very strongly, uh, sort of reflectively, that this project very much is rooted in this time of pandemic. Like I said earlier, really attempting to call us all into a feeling and experience of, of being, um, of feeling, and it's a project that is still very much in development. It's a project I really don't understand. It's a project that has me very much engaged from an orientation of following, of receptivity. Um, it's always a beautiful feeling as an artist for me to not know what's going to happen next. And uh, I can very much feel that it's in development, but I really, you know, it's unfolding. Um, and it's it's quite exciting um, to to be a part of that right now. Great. And information about this new project can be found on... It's all on my Instagram. Um, my Instagram handle is my full name. It's P-A-S-Q-U-A-L-I-N-A-A-Z-Z-A-R-E-L-L-O. And um, yeah, you can see images of the Influence of Confluence project and also several images of this newest iteration of the Stone Avenue Mural Restoration Project as well. Thank you. Pascalina, I've really enjoyed the time we have been able to spend today. Thank you so much for sharing all about what's happening right now, some of your career trajectory and what's to come in the future. Thank you for taking the time. Absolutely. And thank you, Janae. Thank you. Thank you to the Arts Foundation for all of your support, for amplifying these stories, um, for supporting our project. Um, we really, really appreciate it. And I've loved getting to know you through this work. And it's been so lovely speaking with you today. Thank you so much for having me. This has been Artist Stories with Janae Sanchez featuring the stories of artists and arts organizations in our region. To listen to more podcasts, visit kxci.org. Music for this podcast was created by Jonathan Rodriguez.